course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. And I am one of your friends, Dave, and we are joined, as always, by your other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? Doing pretty good. I'm uh, I'm cold. It's very cold down here today, very cold and rainy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little chilly here, too. Well, I mean, I say chilly. It's like in the 50s. That feels cold to me now. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've actually got the heat on, and it's a... Uh, Cause it's just it got a little nippy, so uh, and I don't like being cold. So, Same. Uh, that's why I moved away from the snow. Uh, fuck that didn't, snow shit. Didn't move far enough away, I guess. <laughs> if it's still cold. <laughs> Not yet, no. <laughs> but on uh, today's episode, we are reviewing the Shutter exclusive movie Birth Rebirth. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, before we get into that, uh, here in our opening bit, we do want to talk just a moment about a book that we received review copies of. It's called Sleepaway Camp, Making the Movie and Reigniting the Campfire. It's written by Jeff Hayes. Uh, you can get a copy of the book. It's available now from 1984 Publishing. So look at it wherever you purchase books, or you can just visit uh, the publishing company by going to 1984publishing.com. And that's 1984 as in numbers, 1984publishing.com. And uh, I really recommend this book. Of course, I am a I'm a huge fan of the Sleepaway Camp movie. Absolutely love it. I think it's one of the better uh, horror movies of all time. And um, I I love this book. I I love books that dive into behind the scenes, right? And tell us uh, a little bit about it. And this book this book was kind of special, right? Because Jeff Hayes, the author, was clearly a super fan of this movie, right? He talked about running a a website. For Sleepaway Camp for many years, and, and and in the course of this, he has talked to virtually everybody associated with this movie. So it translated over where he had you know all this uh, all the interviews and content to convert it over to a book and and uh, kind of tell the story. So so I like that, right? I like guys that uh, that write books and do projects that they're passionate about because you know that they're gonna they're gonna do it justice. And uh, and I, I I think this book uh, uh, as far as a making of type book. I think it did Slipway Camp justice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let me preface it real quick by saying that I, I haven't read a book and probably well over like what I mean by book is I mean like an actual print on you know paper book, not like a comic book or like manga. This is the first book that I've probably read in well over six years. Um, and, and, you know, it's probably a bad thing. It's just, you know, as an adult, I just never have time to read. But um, I, I found time to read and, you know, I sat down with this book and I, I mean, I plowed through it in like two days. Um, you know, it, it was like you said, it was actually a relatively quick read. It, it was not very hard to get into. Um, and I think what helped is that obviously I love Sleepaway Camp, but yeah. uh, like like Dave said, this book did Sleepaway Camp justice. Obviously, I don't want to throw too many spoilers because uh, there is some pretty interesting stuff that I didn't know about the production of the movie in the book. So um, I, I won't talk too much about that because I really want people to have the experience I did, which was, 
you know, jumping into this book blind, uh, reading it and really getting the full, I guess you could say, palette of this book because there's so much to it. Um, the book is very diverse because it's not just, you know, stories from behind the scenes. It's stories about the release of the book. Um, it's stories about the website, stories about, you know, some of the early horror conventions of the 2000s. Um, and really, it, it's kind of mind boggling that, you know, once upon a time that sleepaway camp was sort of unknown that it was sort of like you know a back you know back of the shelf you know movie that kind of just did what it did had its cult following but i feel like in today's day and age i mean it's so huge i mean you see felisa rose i hope i said her name right um Mm -hmm. you see her at all kinds of conventions you know and she's sort of become sort of an icon in a way um but to think that you know as early as like 15 20 years ago she was just, you know, doing off-Broadway productions because, you know, that's what she was doing at the time. And um, that's a little snippet from the book um, that, you know, kind of talks about her, you know, before she really got back into the whole acting gig. Um, and it's really interesting. The only thing I want to really say about this, because I don't want to drag too long on it, is that I really, really, really enjoyed um, hearing about Aunt Martha because, um, yeah. Yeah, her, you know, the actress's name is Desiree Gold. Um, and... I, you know, obviously the, the actress, I, you know, you don't really hear about her anymore. And she, you know, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but it was really, you know, quite incredible to kind of hear her story, too. And to hear, you know, Jeff Hayes uh, kind of reminiscing about her and, you know, speaking fondly of her and uh, his sort of, you know, tribute to her. So I love the book. Um, I, you know, I will definitely come back to this book um, and. I'm very grateful to, you know, 1984 Publishing and uh, uh, Matthew over there who actually sent the book, it looks like. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, very grateful for that because it was a good book and it got me back into reading. I'm, I'm already reading other books. So uh, take that for what you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, it's, you know, it's great because Jeff Hayes, you know, created a website for Sleepaway Camp before it was kind of the the, right. uh, the 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 hip thing to do. Right. He created a website before. And uh, the book's just chock full of great pictures and, and everything else. And one of my favorite things about the book is when they really – they describe how the effects were done. Yeah. And because a lot of these effects, you know, the practical effects, and a lot of them, there was no – there was no nothing developed to be able to do these things, right? The arrow through the neck and this and that, they, they talked about how they had to develop uh, how to do it, right, and how to make it look realistic and, yeah. and to, to meet what was wanted. And, and, and it explains – what they do it even shows, you know, some of the the, the drawings and the, the sketches and the technical drawings that they did for these things. So it's, it's really fascinating. It's a really, uh, really, really good look at this movie. And um, it, it, it is a great movie. It's I, one of my favorite movies. Uh, and again, this book is great. Uh, like I said, they talk to everybody. He talks to everybody uh, associated with the movie, you know, both on screen, behind the, you know, behind this camera, whatever else. And um it's it's really a great book. I cannot suggest uh, recommend it enough for people uh, who even if it's even if it's not necessarily one of your favorite movies, it's just a great peek behind how eighty early eighties horror movies were made and uh, what they had to do and, and and how it how the workings were. So yeah. it's a it's a great thing, which is very important historically for how horror developed. So uh, yeah. I highly recommend the book. Just if nothing else, for the historical significance uh, of the genre. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. One other thing, too, is it was really cool to hear about how the kids were treated 
you know, yeah. on the set too, because a lot of times, and it's unfortunate, you, you, you read a lot of really horrible things about like how kids are treated on movies and stuff. Um, but like literally, I mean, all of the actors like really said that it was an experience like none other. And it was truly like going to camp. So, um, it, it was also a feel good book because you, you, you definitely felt good about hearing about it and you felt good about hearing these stories. And it was very heartwarming in a lot of parts because, you know, some of these people, you know, who they talked to, you know, 20 years after the movie came out, they're like, wow, people still like this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Again, one of my favorite. Uh, just I wouldn't even say horror movies. Just one of my favorite movies. And it's one of those movies that you always wish you could go back and watch it again for the first time because it blows your yeah. mind at the end. But uh, it is a great, great movie. And, and even that. Right. They describe how that was done at the end. You know, the, the, the final that final scene. And, uh, it, you know, it talks about that. So great book. Again, it's called Sleepaway Camp, Making the Movie and Reigniting the Campfire by Jeff Hayes. Uh, again, I think it's out there available from pretty much any book retailer. Uh, but if you have trouble finding it for whatever reason, you can go to 1984publishing.com and get it straight from them. Uh, and once again, like I said, uh, thanks to 1984 Publishing and all their people for uh, hooking us up, giving us those review copies. Uh, it's, it's very much appreciated. And uh, I highly recommend the work they're doing uh, when they're letting authors, you know, you know, they're helping authors publish books like this. Uh, that's a that's a good thing. So uh, really quick I, before we move on, uh, I, I did you watch anything this week uh, of note? I, I really didn't watch much. I watched the new Treehouse of Horror, which I loved uh, by The Simpsons. Uh, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I really haven't I really haven't watched it. I've been I've been busy and haven't watched much. Uh, have you watched anything besides the movie we're reviewing today? Um, you know, I, I went and actually watched um, it, It's a Wonderful Knife, um, right. which I saw in theaters. But uh, I don't want to talk about it because it, it will it is a Shudder movie, so it will eventually be on Shudder. Um, so I, I want to wait for when it comes to uh, streaming and that way we can do like a whole review about it. So I did see that. But for now, I will hold my opinions uh, until it comes out and Dave can watch it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll obviously with the Christmas season coming on, I'm sure this will be one of the movies we'll <laughs> we'll try to hit up. So, Absolutely. all right then, let's get to our weekly segment. Top three. <laughs> and this week we are doing top three. It feels like we've it's been forever since we've done top three. I don't know why it feels that way. I mean, there this was the original, right? This was the original segment that we did every week uh, before we started mixing in other things. But this week we're doing our top three favorite reanimation horror movies, uh, essentially, because uh, that's kind of the gist of Birth Rebirth. And I will put it up front that uh, just as a precursor, because everybody knows that I love 1931's Frankenstein, I took Frankenstein out of the running. I'm not even putting it in there uh, because everybody knows I love it. I put it on virtually any list I can. So no Frankenstein on my list. I, I, I took it off. So it is not in my top three. So there you have it. Uh, Just just trying to mix it up. But I don't know how much I mix it up because most of these movies I've talked about endlessly anyway. But uh, I guess I love what I love and I am what I am, as Popeye would say. (laughs) So, Ike, are you ready to talk about our top three favorite reanimation movies? I sure am. But I do want to clarify when he says reanimation, we're not we were pretty much. I would say almost solely excluding like zombie zombies. This yeah. is more like 
were true reanimation. Like a person dies, they get brought back, and they sort of resemble who they were before they died type deal. Um, yeah. So you won't hear much about actual zombie zombie movies, uh, although some of these might fit into sort of the quote unquote zombie genre. But yes, yeah. I am ready to talk about our actual true reanimation movies. All right. Well, I'll kick it off again. No surprise here, right? I think this is a movie I've mentioned many, 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 many times. Everybody knows that I love a good Stephen King movie. So at number three from 1989, my choice is Pet Cemetery. Mm. Uh, we have talked about this multiple times. I, I, I love Pet Cemetery. We just talked about Bloodlines a, a few weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, and I, I'm sure I gushed over the original Pet Cemetery then. Uh, I, I love the first Pet Cemetery. Such a great movie. That kid that's reanimated. So damn creepy. Um, and it's just, uh, it is, I don't know. It's a great movie that uh, it, 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 that balance of, of wanting someone brought back to the perils of what happens when you do. I think it's a great movie that illustrates it. So that's my number three choice. Uh, Ike, what do you think of Pet Cemetery from 1989? Well, Pet Cemetery is on my list. It is not my go. number three, uh, but it is my number two. There you um, go. So I, I will give some thoughts here and then, you know, I'll, I'll say my number two here in a second, of course. But uh, like you said, Stephen King is amazing. Pet Cemetery yes. is amazing. Uh, I, I actually recently after Bloodlines, because I watched Bloodlines and we had a whole discussion about like the, the continuity errors. I went back and watched the remake of Pet Cemetery, which was surprisingly better than I remembered. And of course, I rewatched uh, Pet Cemetery one and two, which. Again, Pet Cemetery 2 is just a lot of fun, let's be real. Uh, but Pet Cemetery, the original, it's a fantastic movie. It, it, like you said, it really talks about the sor- sort of moral and ethical quandaries of so- something supernatural like the Pet Cemetery. And um, yeah. one of the biggest conversations of reanimation is, you know, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> yep, it is. And not to mention the fact that, I mean, come on, it's got a Ramon song in it, you know, fucking that pushes it over the top for me. Uh, you know, when you that that is a classic song. I, I'm a huge Ramones guy, but uh, the Ramones doing Pet Cemetery is a, a great, great song. So. All right. So that's my number three. That is your number two. So I then uh, what is your number three then? My number three is a movie called The Lazarus Effect. Ah, um, yeah. The Lazarus Effect was actually um, sort of a sleeper movie. It came out in 2015. Um, basically, it, it is the story of bringing somebody back to life. But um uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't. Um, yep. And this movie definitely dabbles more into the supernatural aspect of things because it basically poses the question of, you know, when a person dies um, for so long and you try and bring them back, what if they brought something back with them? Um, but this movie has Olivia Wilde, Mark Duplass, Evan Peters, Donald Glover. I mean, this movie is stacked. It has a lot of really great actors and actresses in it. Um, and it, honestly, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this too much, but, uh, uh, definitely a good one. Um, I need to go back and watch it actually. It, it's streaming, I think on Peacock, if anybody's curious. Yeah. This is one of those movies that I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I kind of gave some thoughts to put in my list and it just couldn't quite, you know, crack my top three, but it is a pretty, a pretty decent movie. And like you, I've been watching it in a long time. Uh, so it's one that I might revisit now that uh, we've kind of brought it up. Uh, but a pretty good, pretty good flick, pretty good. Uh, so that's your number three, and we all know what your number two obviously is. Your number two is Pet <laughs> Cemetery. So that brings me to my number two. My number two from 1990 is Flatliners, and uh, this is a 
it's a pretty cool movie with a pretty loaded cast now, especially in retrospect. And uh, these, you know, these kids that are, you know, going to the brink of death, right? There, that's the rush of going to the brink of death, and then they cross the line a few times. And it's a, it's a pretty cool movie. Pretty, it's your kind of your prototypical '90s type movie, but it's fun. It's got a great, great cast, uh, loaded with people. Like you ever seen Flatliners? Um, I have not seen the original Flatliners. Um, like I said, I know it has a pretty loaded cast. I have seen the uh, 2017 uh, remake with Elliot Page. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I did like the remake and I like the concept, so I have no doubt that I would like the original. <laughs> yeah. Again, great cast. I mean, it's your, your prototypical nineties cast, right? There some great people in it, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool movie. Uh, yeah, again, nineties, nineties horror often, often gets overlooked, right? I mean, people talk about scream and the scream movies, but there's, there's, there's some other nuggets and gems out there. And uh, we've talked about a few of them here lately. You know, the I, I know what you did last summer and uh, uh, there's a couple others that we brought up in the anniversaries here recently that uh, that people maybe need to, to, to re-explore. Uh, but I think Flatliners is one of them. So uh, but like we said, we knew you're number two. So I, I guess we're going to kick back to you. Somehow we've shifted the order here a little bit, <laughs> but we're ready for the number ones. Uh, Ike, what is your number one? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, this one, I, I dug a little, you know, I, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like this is an reanimation movie. I feel like it has to be. Um, but I said Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. Yeah. Um, what what better way to reanim- to talk about reanimation, but to bring back probably one of my favorite Friday the 13th films. Um, part six, of course, is the story, you know, of basically Jason coming back to life. Tommy Jarvis stabs him in the chest with a, a little pike. It zaps him, brings him back to life. And, uh, you know, part six, you know, has one of the best design Jason's, in my opinion, you know, with the kind of decrepit looking body. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously been dead for a while. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love Friday 13th, Friday 13th, part six is I have a soft spot for that one. I have a soft spot for a lot of the cheesy ones. But, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, Friday 13th, it's, it's Jason meets Frankenstein, basically. So how, how can you not like that? Yeah, I, I, I strongly consider this, too. And uh, we we did a whole episode, right, where we reviewed part six and we reviewed Frankenstein and then compared the similarities between the two. And there's a lot, right? There's a there's a lot of direct, intentional, you know, similarities between the two. And it's, you know, there's, so there's definitely some reanimation, right, with Wormy Jason and everything else. And, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite of the Friday 13th, too. So, uh, but, yeah, it didn't make my list. I don't think anybody that has listened to the show for any time or that knows me would be surprised by my number one, <laughs> my number one from 1985. It's in the name is reanimator. Um, again, I, I will go down swinging and fucking singing the praises for this movie. This movie is so damn good with Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, everything else. I love this movie. This movie is one of my favorite absolute movies of all time. And the whole gist of the movie is a a guy, a doctor, who is uh, bringing people back, right, for the sake of uh, exploration and, and scientific discovery and everything else. No, there's no no sentimental value or anything else, right? It's just a a power thing, right? Just a um a knowledge thing, and uh, of course it goes awry and things happen. And there's some very classic scenes, right? Some some detached heads that are reanimated and talking and a very cool scene in a morgue with people coming back and a, and what, whatnot. 
But that is my favorite movie. And uh, I guess that's the appropriate movie to cap this talk off, right? Because, I mean, we're talking reanimation movies. And, well, what better to, to top it all off than with the movie called Reanimator? <laughs> and uh, I can't remember. Is this a movie you've seen or is this on the on the Dave watch list for you? This is on my day's watch list. I, I have uh, not yet seen this movie. It's at the top, though. I just have to I have to sit down and watch it. <laughs> it is such a good movie. So much fun. Um, Yeah, you got to watch it. So. All right. Now, that concludes the top three, our top three favorite reanimation movies. And here in a bit, we're going to discuss another one of those. That's Birth Rebirth that is on Shudder. But before we get to that. We're going to cover news, birthdays, and anniversaries, but we're going to take a quick break, catch our breath, and we will come back with all that information for you, so stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams, that is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. And we are back with the news. All right. have a couple little gems and nuggets for you here. Um, starting us off at the top, the teaser for Terrifier 3 is officially out publicly. Check our social media yeah. for the YouTube link to view, but the movie is coming to theaters October 25th, 2024. Um, we've talked about this a lot, obviously. Uh, we're both super excited. It is going to be a horror movie set around Christmas time. So art versus Santa Claus. You heard that right. Um, Dave and I are super pumped for this. So October 25th, 2024 could not get here any quicker. Yeah, the uh, the official trailer that was where they showed uh, Terrifier 2 again in theaters is, is officially out there. Uh, and it is it is beautiful. It is amazing. And there there's talks. Damien Leon has talked that there, the opening sequence of this movie, he has said, has uh, kept. I can't remember how he put it. Right. He's kept major studios from from fronting him. Something to that effect. So it makes you wonder what that is. Uh, everybody's speculation is that uh does art kill a child in the opening sequence right that's the uh that's one of those rules of horror right that's people are like what do you don't you is it is it okay is it it's fucking movies guys come on yeah Uh, what you know give me a break um but i don't know and the other speculation is does art kill santa claus (laughs) and you know i mean uh it could go many many ways whatever it is all I know is this. I love Art the Clown. I love the Terrifier movies. I love Christmas horror movies. So you put those two bitches together, <laughs> Dave's a happy guy. So bring it on. I can't wait for next fall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I'm very curious to see where that uh, where that's coming from. So I guess we'll see next October. Um, but between now and then, we have some other cool stuff coming out. Um We actually got recent news uh, for the Strangers sort of reboot type deal as well. Um, So we have Chapter 1 coming in 2024. It is described as a young couple driving cross-country towards a new beginning. Unfortunately, they have no choice but to stop in a secluded Airbnb in Oregon and endure a night of terror against three masked strangers. 
It is the first installment of a new trilogy of standalone sequel films where Chapter 1 will follow a similar premise to the original release before continuing from there and expanding the story arc for the main characters. Though initially marketed as a reboot of the franchise, it has since been clarified that the films will take place in the same continuity as the first two installments. So this is pretty big news. Um, Dave and I have long talked about how much we love the Strangers films. Um, and we have talked about a little bit about the uh, reboot slash remake slash requel, whatever you want to call it. And we had some details. And and for a long time, it was reported that the first part was actually supposed to come out this year. Um, but I, I, I had the feeling that the writer strike probably postponed that a little bit to 2024. No big deal. We're getting it next year. Um, but I'm very curious. There There is actually a uh, a like a teaser clip out there that exi- that uh, they released uh, a couple months ago um, that we recently I recently watched. Um, so I don't know, Dave, have you watched it? I have not. OK, it's nothing crazy. It, it basically just kind of has a little bit of the setting. And one of the main characters, which is uh, Madeline Petch, I believe is her name, I think. Um, but anywho, it, it, it should be good. I, I have confidence that this will be a strong uh, entry into the Strangers franchise. Um, and I, I have confidence that uh, it, with it being a three part story, that it, it's a very well thought out franchise. So I, I have I have promise. Yeah, again, I don't I don't know what's going on with the reboot, but in line, I don't know, whatever. We'll see what happens with that and what all that means. It, it's hard to kind of sift through all that till we see the movie all i know is the strangers is one of the creepiest movies i've ever seen because of the uh the 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 possibility of it right i that's something about a something like that that could truly happen right that that's not that far-fetched and uh it is really creepy so I'm, i'm i'm really excited to see what they do um especially you know knowing there's gonna be a trilogy of this i hopefully you know, it all works out. It's all well. It's all good. It all keeps that creep factor that the original had. Uh, but whatever it may be, I think The Strangers is really a, uh, a underappreciated horror movie. And I'm, yeah. so I'm excited to kind of see it brought to the modern times and hopefully it gets a, a little more love. Absolutely. Um, so we'll we'll catch that next year. Uh, but until then, if you guys are interested, you can check out The Strangers and Strangers Pray at Night, which are going to be in the same continuity. So uh, check those out. Uh, We also have Max developing a new series based on the Conjuring universe. According to Warner Brothers, the Conjuring television series will continue the story established in the future films. Peter, pardon me, producer Peter Saffron is attached to executive produce the series via his Saffron Company banner. James Wan, who also produced and directed several films within the franchises and talks to also executive produce. Wan's Atomic Monster Productions is backing the project alongside Warner Brothers Television. Um, you know, I've long said that I think Conjuring would work well in a television format. I think one of the uh, biggest and most unspoken about aspects of the Conjuring universe is the Warren's uh, closet of mysteries, if you will. They have a lot of interesting things in there, and they, they touched on it super briefly in the uh, Annabelle Comes Home movie. But I have a feeling that you could definitely expand upon all of the stories of the different items um, in that room and you could turn it into a television format and it would be a perfectly good series. Um, and I think it would work well. So yeah. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, me too. I, uh, there's so much you could do. I think in the conjuring universe, 
uh, they've already done, you know, right. There's already been, you know, lots of, lots of exploration and, but, uh, yeah, I, I, again, we've, we've talked about it a lot. The, uh, it, it really seems cool when these franchises and different things are diving into the series aspect and, and, and finding a way to do that. And I think it's, that's cool, right? Because we've always had these series of movies and now that you can do, you know, a short series on streaming of, of shorter snippets, but if there's this overall, you know, story away, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a new vein to explore and to tap into. And it's, it's pretty cool. It, it gives it a fresh feel. And uh, again, I mean, there's so much you could do with the conjuring universe that it's, I mean, it's pretty limitless. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll be checking that out as soon as it comes out. Um, I have a feeling that with it being in pre-production at this point, you, we probably won't see it until, at the earliest, very late 2024. So we shall see. Uh, that coming that coming to a close on our news, uh, we have some upcoming birthdays. Uh, November 20th, 1954, Richard Brooker, Jason, and Friday the 13th, Part 3. Um, he actually passed away back in 2013, around uh, April 8th. So uh, happy yep. birthday to him. Obviously, yep. Part 3 is a great part. Um, that's when yep. we get the infamous uh, hockey mask. So that's a good episode. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Very iconic. Lucky Jason. Back when we talked Friday the 13th, I think I said this is kind of the, the Jason I always envisioned. It's part three. So, yeah, very iconic. Uh, and uh, so this is the man that portrayed it. That's absolutely right. Got to love it. And then we also have uh, November 21st, 1944. We have Harold Ramis. He plays Dr. Egon Spengler in the uh, Ghostbusters film. Uh, he did, of course, pass away on February 24th, 2014. Um, but of course, uh, Harold Ramis lives on, you know, he has, uh, he actually has sort of a posthumous cameo in the, uh, Ghostbusters afterlife. So, yeah. uh, that was a very touching moment as well. So, uh, yeah. obviously much love to Harold Ramis. Yeah. And of course his character, I mean, his, you know, in character granddaughter is one of the main characters in the new, the new, uh, movies. So it, you know, the, the character is living on and carrying on, um, and again, he had a huge hand in, you know, in developing and writing the Ghostbusters movie with Dan Aykroyd. So, uh, you know, but but it's nice to see, you know, they're they're honoring him and his fingerprints are still in that franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And then last but certainly not least, we have November 22nd, 1958, Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, from Halloween, The Fog, Prom Night and Terror Train. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is an icon. She is uh, I think she's one of the uh, m- most famous and original uh, final girls and uh you know she also had a, a wonderful part and um everything everywhere all at once i think she actually won an mm-hmm. oscar for that movie so mm-hmm. um you know a, a good birthday for the month that's for sure yeah i mean it's a, a, a excuse me a huge one within horror how you know you don't get much bigger than jamie lee so that's uh, right i mean you know and everybody thinks halloween 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 but yeah i mean you're talking the fog prom night terror train i mean these are all really great movies so she's done a lot to earn that scream queen honor. That's very true. That is very true. And then we also have some upcoming movie anniversaries. Um, these are some good ones too. November 18th, 2022, we have the menu. Um, I love the menu. The menu mm-hmm. is, again, it's one of those ones that um, I think it, it gets a little overlooked as sort of like a parody in some ways. Um, but it's really good. You know, you have Ralph Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, amongst others. And, uh, you know, it was one of my favorite movies of 2022, I think, um, that mm-hmm. kind of bridged the gap between horror and uh, thriller, if you will. Yeah, I mean, we I, I don't think we did a full review on it, but I think we we talked about it a little maybe at some point 
uh, last year. But yeah, it's a very fun movie. Uh, and I highly advise if anybody's not watched it to, to give it a watch. It's a great movie. Absolutely. And then, of course, November 18th, 1983, we have Sleepaway Camp. You heard that right. Um, we talked about the book and the book came out and our review came out within very, very good timing. Um, Sleepaway Camp is celebrating, uh, what is that, 40 years this year? Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty incredible. A lot of films um, from 40 years ago aren't talked about as much as Sleepaway Camp is. So uh, much props to the Sleepaway Camp film and uh, the relative people to it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier when we talked about the book, but uh, it, it's such a great movie. And we're talking, you know, for 40 years. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yep. 40 years. That's crazy. And then November 19, 2021, we have Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so we just talked about Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Afterlife as well. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is actually pretty decent. Um, it, it came out as sort of an unfortunate time uh, right before I feel like uh, people really felt comfortable going back to the theaters. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think it performed as well as the people were hoping it would in theaters. But I heard that the uh, streaming performance is pretty strong. So. You know, I, I, I feel pretty hopeful about the new entry that's coming up, and uh, hopefully we'll see some more from that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked Afterlife. I thought it was a fun movie, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. But, uh, yeah, it was the timing. Timing was kind of off, but it's a, it's a pretty fun movie and, and worthy of continuing on the Ghostbusters franchise. Yep, absolutely. And then last but certainly not least, again, November 21st, 1931, we have Frankenstein, the original reanimation movie. Um, so I think it's very, uh, it's very, I think I can't remember the like, think of the word, but it is very telling and very appropriate that we be talking about, um, you know, Frankenstein this year. Um, so definitely a good one. Uh, something we've actually reviewed before on the podcast and actually compared it to uh, Friday the 13th, Jason lives. So that's a, that's a good episode. I enjoyed. Yeah. And again, I, 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 what can I say about Frankenstein that I've not said a million times? I love the movie. I think it's a perfect movie. Uh, it is gorgeous, brilliant, uh, a wonderful interpretation of the book. Uh, I, I, I love the movie. So I said it a million times. I don't need to say it anymore. <laughs> Very true. And then now we have some upcoming releases. Uh, we have Eli Roth's Thanksgiving coming to theaters on November 17th. It is described as after a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. We are actually going to be reviewing this next week, um, but I'm super pumped for this. It's Eli Roth. It's Thanksgiving. It's Slasher. What more could you want? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I have a sucker for any holiday-themed horror movies. Uh, and again, we don't we don't have enough good Thanksgiving ones. So I'm I'm curious to see and and uh, can't wait to see and like you said we'll we'll talk about this more next week. And actually, um, just just a real quick throwing out there because I I saw a trailer for this movie um during the movie I watched last night. It's a wonderful knife. But there's a movie coming out next year, January 19th, called Founders Day, and it mm. <laughs> it looks super similar to Thanksgiving, like stupid similar i i, I don't want to say they copy but it definitely feels like <laughs> they did it definitely feels like it did what um, horror movie yeah, copying when there's something that's you know, out there successful never right that's what i'm saying um but maybe maybe in january we can watch that movie and compare the two it may be completely different i might be completely off but 
I mean, it's called Founders Day, and the guy that's that guy that's killing people is wearing like a fucking pilgrim mask. So I mean, I, I don't know. Anywho, uh, <laughs> we also have visitors coming to Screenbox on November twenty first. This movie is a Japanese anthology movie described as a rock and roll band dropped drop an unannounced on a friend and find themselves plummeting into a wackadoo reverie of monsters and mayhem. So I, I have a question. Did, did you write this description? Because I, <laughs> I wackadoo is in Dave's vocabulary. So did you write this or did they write this? <laughs> I did not. This is literally from them. This is okay. literally from Screenbox. So, yeah, they're, they're just tapped into my needs, I guess. Apparently, because I I have heard Dave say wackadoo on, on many occasions. <laughs> love the word wackadoo. Yeah, that's a great word. This is how you get Dave to watch your movie. Just put wackadoo uh-huh. in the description. But uh, okay, <laughs> people say people say this movie has the craziest opening scene of virtually any movie. So I'm I'm curious what that means, and I think I'm gonna watch it just to see what what they're talking about. Same, same. I love Japanese movies. I love anthology movies, and I love wackadoo reverie of monsters and mayhem. So. Uh, check it out on the screen box. I know we will, but, uh, well, there you have it. Those are our news, movies, anniversaries, upcoming releases. You know what I'm going to say next? If you don't follow us on social media, you're a fucking loser. Um, and coming you're a up, bum. that's right. You're a bum living in a van down by the river. Uh, <laughs> uh, up next, we have our official review of birth slash rebirth. Stick around. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back here on Listen to Their Screams, and it is review time. And today we are reviewing Birth slash Rebirth. It was released August 18th. 2023 in limited theaters and it was released on november 10th on shutter it was written by laura moss and brendan o'brien i'm curious brendan o'brien was a uh he was a a music producer and stuff i wonder if it's the same brendan o'brien anyway i i I digress (laughs) it was directed by laura moss it was starring judy rays marin ireland brita wool and al or aj listener excuse me and uh i'm gonna tell you man i i don't have a lot to say about this movie i um I, w- I was really hopeful for this movie, right? It really looked promising. And I was enjoying the movie or whatever else. And uh, and I know we talk spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So here we go. Um, and I was really enjoying the movie. I thought it was good and whatever else. And then the, it's like it came to the ending. I thought, what the fuck was that? And it was it was just – it was weird the way it, it – I don't know. It was very anticlimactic. And I, um, I didn't think it was done there. And then, like, credits rolled. And I was like, okay. And um, – it really lacked kind of lacked the action and shit that I really wanted for this movie. And, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the movie was well acted. I liked all the characters in it and everything else, but it, it felt very weird to me. It it just felt like it was, I don't know. It was missing something because it's like, I didn't expect it to end there. I really expected kind of a shit show ending when she, they brought the daughter back that, uh, well, essentially the second time. And uh, I really thought there was going to be, you know, it was going to hit the fan and it just went to credits. And I was like, mm, OK. Um, <laughs> and it 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 kind of I don't know, it, it kind of it soured me on the movie a little bit. Um, I was with them. I was with them most of the way. Again, it did drag a little. 
Uh, you know, I think they could have put a little more action in there. You know, I was I was getting hopeful when the little girl killed the pig and everything else. I thought, here we go. We're starting to ramp up. And then it just it really didn't. And um, I don't know. I just felt like it was I, I kind of felt like it was an unproductive movie. It. Uh, it had the, 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 the gist of it and the 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 you know the foundation and whatnot and then it just kind of it it really fell flat gotcha you know here here's the deal um i i I do agree to to an extent i I, here i will say this before i get into my spiel that i did enjoy the movie I, i i i did genuinely like the movie um i do agree that the ending was um it, it felt like they stopped a few steps too short on, on the ending. Um, I felt like you could have thrown an additional, like you could have, you could have made like the climax of the movie where like, I mean, it's not necessarily a climax even cause it's the end, but sort of the whole point of the end is that they, they bring the daughter back for the second time. Again, you, you already know spoilers, but I felt like they could have like punched that back like 20 minutes into the movie. And then yeah. like, added like another 10, 15 minutes to the end. And like, you could have done a lot with like 30 minutes at the end of the movie um, with the daughter coming back for the second time, because here's yep. the deal. It was just, it but, was just so weird the way it ended. It was just, it felt, I don't know. It felt odd. I don't know. It was, it was just, it was, I don't know. It was hard to describe. It's not even that it was unsettling. It's just like you expected. I don't know. You expected something. And then it just that yeah. was it. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. And that's kind of part of the issue is that like this whole movie, right? Because like I said, you know, the movie, it, it, the whole purpose of the movie is that, you know, this woman's daughter dies and you have sort of this, you know, Dr. Frankenstein esque woman who has sort of like this weird obsession with like bringing people back from the dead. Um, and she's, worked on this project for so long and she brings the daughter back to life and the mom's like, wow, this is amazing. But then there's obviously sort of the dark side of like the whole reanimation process where the woman is like using like fetuses and like stem cells from those fetuses to like further her research, but she just gets herself pregnant and then basically like (laughs) uses that baby um, or that fetus, I should say, to, you know, basically use the stem cells. And it's this super weird, like, I like that part of it. Like, it was weird. Mm-hmm. It was strange. It was disturbing. It was just, I felt like they, they, they built all this weirdness up, this strange shit, this really horrible, like, stuff that the, I mean, the woman literally poisoned a pregnant mother to induce labor to get the woman to give them basically the, the stem cells from the child. And she even said she didn't mean to like kill the mom or whatever, but I mean, the mom dies and the baby dies, I think maybe not, but you know, and so like they do all this kind of like, quite frankly, fucked up stuff that really makes you guess like, wow, these people are really fucked in the head. And, and it's like fucked up thing after fucked up thing after fucked up thing. They get to the end, they bring the daughter back and then it's just done. And and that's my issue is that they, they, treaded all of this ground for it to basically allude to nothing. Now, I don't know if they like plan to like make another movie. That'd be great. Make another sequel. I think it would be, it would be beneficial for the movie because I need to see what happens to the daughter the second time around. Cause 
like Dave said, she wasn't all there the first time they brought her back. I mean, she killed a pig randomly, which I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys. I don't really go around killing pigs. I typically not unless you put a plate of bacon in front of me. But, <laughs> it, it, but you know, I don't go around doing that. So obviously it's a little weird. And so the, the, the brought back the reanimated girl obviously isn't, isn't firing all cylinders. So they let her die because they ran out of the treatment that was needed to keep her alive. Um, they put her on ice and the mom decided, you know what? I'm not letting this happen. So she gets more, more of the stuff that she needs and accidentally kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like nothing else, nothing else. They bring her back yep. and that's it. Lights off. You know what I mean? So there's so much more they could have done. Obviously I think that, you yep. know, they could have gone the, the dead, the deadly route where she's like starts killing people or at the yep. very least starts being like a zombie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah. Just needed something. I mean, even if it's just one more scene or so, I don't know. It's weird uh, because I, I like the one doctor, right. Who was very, uh, very matter of fact about things, right? Who was uh, obviously had a very, um, I don't even know how to describe it. A very jaded, uh, very, uh, you know, she had, she had seen some shit, right? With her mom dying and everything else. So she had this very black and white view on the world. And she was, uh, she was, you know, just, uh, you know, just consumed by being able to bring people back and, and this research and, and, and this was the way it is and the scientific theory and blah, blah, blah. I really liked there was her and then there was the other lady who is so emotional, so you know compassionate and sympathetic, but put into a position of what do I do when my my compassion and care for others and what I do in my job conflicts with what I need, what I want. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, what ended up happening when she accidentally killed the one lady. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very. uh I don't know. It's a very it's it's a relatable uh, scenario, right? What what would you know? Would any of us do for our children, right? Would we we would cross some lines if need be? Uh, and anybody who says otherwise is probably lying. <laughs> and um, so so I liked how that you know there was the contrast of the characters, but how this situation kind of brought them closer to not being so far apart, not being so different. And uh, I mean, you saw you know the 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 one doctor who is very cut and dry. I mean, she softened a little on some certain things. And uh, so, so you saw this scenario that they were put into or that they, that they put themselves into brought them closer together and and where they weren't quite so different in the end. And and then, like you said, it just came to this final scene. that was just like, bam, that's it. And it's like, "Eh, we at least needed, you know, one more scene of something just to, I don't know, a little, I don't know, something because it was it just didn't feel like the right point to stop the movie. And I, I watched because I thought, well, maybe there's a credit scene or something, right? That will kind of ease it. But I don't know. It uh, it ended in an uneasy way and not a good uneasy. Right. Some movies can end in an uneasy way that just makes you want to see the next one. And there could be a cliffhanger or whatever. This didn't feel like a cliffhanger. It didn't feel like a, a, an appropriate uneasy. It just felt. It felt odd. It just, it felt like, I don't know. Like we, how we had to cut five minutes off the movie. Let's just cut the closed scene. That's what it felt like. It's like you're missing part of the movie. It it was just, it seemed odd to me. It didn't, because the movie was really telling a good story and was flowing very well. 
and it seemed peculiar. It just it seemed out of character for the movie, the way it ended. Um, and I'm not saying it had to be anything spectacular. It just felt like it was a few minutes short and maybe one more scene short where they could have done something. Um, and I'm not saying again it had to be some big massacre or anything else, but just just something. It just felt like something was missing right on the end. And, it seemed um, like it was mission just a few fries short of a happy meal. Yeah, yeah, and it was a, uh, it was weird. And I think it's, I don't know. I think it was a good closing away for making this a really, really great movie, because it had me. It was I was very intrigued, very interested. They had me invested. I maybe would have liked to have seen a little more, a little more spook and violence thrown in there. A little more, uh, hey, is this girl going to go ape shit on us? Right? They only showed the the, the pick. They, I, you know, maybe we could have at least put in a little, uh, a few more teases here and there. Uh, but overall, uh, you know, the movie had me going and I was enjoying it. And then that movie came and it's just like I kind of forgot everything that I liked. I thought, well, fuck this. What is this? They they just kind of, it's like, you know, you make this really, really great dinner and then you just take a piss all over it. And it just, <laughs> uh, it just. I don't know. It was weird. And I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I really I, I really can't put myself in their shoes. What were they trying to accomplish with that? It just seemed peculiar. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they are thinking sequel, I mean, I guess it seems a little ballsy to put that much stock in that. Oh, we're going to make a sequel. I don't know, it, because it was. I don't know. It was weird. And I'm OK with the cliffhanger, but at least give us something to. To, to 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 tease a little it was it was it felt odd so again it because of that the finish brought 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 down the movie for me some of what i probably probably brought down my rating some of what I, it would have been um because as much as i enjoyed the majority of the movie going through it all i could think about is how that ending just really kicked me in the nads and and uh and left me Befuddled, for lack of a better word. Kicked you in the so. nads, and you're like, well, that was uncalled for. Mm-hmm. It's kicking the nads is always uncalled for. True. Uh, unless it's, I guess, unless there's, a, you know, extreme self-defense, I guess. But anyway, so let's rate this bitch. Um, uh, so it's birth slash rebirth. It's available on Shudder. Uh, again, I, you know, people should go watch it because, like I said, the, the whole movie was, I, I was enjoying it. Until this this weird ending, and I I really think people ought to just watch it to see. Did they do you agree that the ending was that peculiar? It just felt felt odd. But uh, who am I? I don't know. Uh, but I'm still gonna. I think still think I'm gonna give it a three out of five, Ike, because uh, like I said, I enjoyed. If I try to put the the ending out of my head, I still enjoyed the movie. Uh, I think if it had, had a really strong finish, man, this man this movie could have been. It would have been a three and a half. It, depending on the ending, it might have been be able to, to, to push a four with me because I was really enjoying the movie. And uh, but, man, the ending was just such a letdown that it, it, it pretty much brought it firmly down to a three for me. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's only hanging on to a three because the rest of the movie was was pretty enjoyable for me. So what are you thinking? I, you know, I, I pretty much have to agree to a T, like you said. I mean, the movie was. So good. I mean, for lack of a better phrase, this is one of the better, you know, built up movies that I've seen in a long time. Had really great music, great ambience, 
the actors were and actor actresses were great. Um, the girl that plays a little girl, fantastic, wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. performance, very creepy. Um, but like you said, it just kind of felt like you they were riding a high. And I and I like you said, depending on how that movie ended, I was very tempted to give it a four. But it just felt like it fell short right at the end. You know, it's just like they pressed the brakes right before they hit the finish line. Um, and it's uh, it's a three for me, you know, just yep. three out of five. Yeah, I agree. And again, when I, I mean, when I watched the movie and it first finished, I thought, fuck that. This is a two. I thought I really did. I thought when they when it finished, I thought, shit, this is ridiculous. And then I thought you know, I had to take a breath and look at the whole movie and not just the ending, even though the ending's all that really sticks with me, which is. Uh, you know, that's what happens. And uh, so, you know, I, I can give it a fair three because, again, I did enjoy the movie. But, uh, God, that ending, I, I just don't – I don't even comprehend. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about it. It was it was perplexing. And I, I think I've used a, a whole slew of words uh, to describe that ending. And um, I, I, I just – that's it is what it is. So, anyway – uh, next episode, like we said earlier, we are going to review Thanksgiving, the Eli Roth movie that is going to be available November 17th in theaters. Hopefully you all go out and watch it and support the movie. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to review it. It's going to be fun, I believe. Uh, but we'll see. We will talk about that next week. But Ike, before we close out this uh, this reanimation episode, uh, anything you want to throw in? Well, Bring me back to life when they make a part two to Birth Rebirth. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, maybe they will. I will go into it skeptical, though, after that finish. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, who knows? Who knows? So anyway, until next episode, when, like we said, we'll re- be reviewing the Eli Roth movie Thanksgiving. Wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe. And have many pleasant nightmares.